Welcome to Forged by Fire. My name is Ryan Stevens. I'm here with my buddy Rob Hefley, and today we're going to talk about let your life exceed your training. Uh, pretty much living out advice instead of being the person to give advice and not doing it. Rob, what's up, buddy? Man, it's just uh, this is one of those things we talked a little bit our last podcast, you know. So I'm kind of excited to talk about that. And uh, and tell me where your grid coordinates at. Where are you at today, this week? I'm pissed, bro. Driving out here. Man, I was a little bit irritable on the way here. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was even grumpy to my wife today. I uh, went and saw her. She's doing, she's the president of PTO. And I don't know, maybe your counseling can help me. But dude, I was just, I woke up mad at the world. I was mad. I was like irritable in the morning. And uh, I was irritable to my wife. I went down, she's doing uh, PTO. She's like decorating the school. And I walked in there, and I was just, I was just grumpy. And then driving out here, I was a little bit grumpy. So I don't know. I need a diagnosis. What's up? Let's here? take like a sixty thousand, thirty thousand, ten thousand, whatever you want to get view. Don't try to bamboozle me. Yeah. With your, what is one thing all of those situations had in common? Me. Okay. Hey, I'm. But here's the thing, dude. That's the cool part. Is I'm willing to take extreme ownership. So I don't. So what? What do you think causes? me to be irritable like that waking up just just grumpy i mean there's lots of things i think quality of sleep food attitude mm. i mean there's all those things but like you know you can get past That's probably those. the first two <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I, I doubt i'm probably not getting enough sleep you're probably dehydrated mm. you know you probably need to shave your head so you look like thanos <laughs> probably you know all these things you're thinking you got to do you know what you're probably right i mean lately my wife and you know kids come down sometimes i love it that my kids want to come and sleep in the room that's their treat like they'll be like daddy can we stay downstairs tonight and so like once in a while just once in a while we'll do it but when they all sleep in i swear there's a bear in my home there's something growling at like two in the morning like they stay all my whole family snores i probably snore too but i'm asleep by then so i don't know so, and so i'll wake uh, up at like two in the morning we let our kids sleep in our bed ever so often, usually when they're sick. But, I, you know, the bed's pretty sacred for other things. Oh, yeah. They don't sleep in the bed. Let's not get it twisted. They sleep on the floor. You make your kids sleep for the floor. Yeah, room. don't. Are you judging me Somebody's right calling DHS right now. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Stevens, Conway, Arkansas. Let's have his kids sleep. That's it, dude. Hey, call him up. Yeah. That's even creepier, though, dude. I can just imagine getting up and stepping on my kid and kill him. You know, like, they're like. Yeah, you don't kill him. You know, yeah. So what happens is they'll come down and be like, uh, how it started was we were very strict parents. We would say, no, you can't sleep in our bedroom, period. Right. Well, then Brooklyn, this little gangster, she would start to creep down. And at two in the morning, I don't feel like taking her back up to the room. I know I'm lazy. I got it. Okay. So what we said was, Brooklyn, if you can come in here and sneak in here and you don't wake us up, you can sleep in for the rest of the night. So we gave her. So this whole thing played out. I remember being two in the morning and I watched her. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Right. I'm laying in bed and I hear the door open. I'm kind of a light sleeper after deploying. Right. So I'm laying down. And I hear the door crack open. So I just creak open an eye. Like, right? Am I going to have to, what, what's going on here? I'm going to have to respond or I can lay in the blanket, right? And I see my little daughter pie the corner, dude, like creep into the space. She looks, she waits, she creeps back out of the space. And then I see her low crawling with a blanket. And I was like, dude, for all that work, this little girl can sleep in our room. And that's how it started. Well, you're way meaner than I am because I would have like said, come jump in my bed. No, there's none in the bed. Maybe, Maybe that's the selfish part. I don't know. Yeah. So pray for you about loving your kids better. 
Ron is training his kids to be ninjas to sneak into people's rooms and lay in the floor. Welcome to the dojo. Unrecognized. <laughs> no, just, uh, it's so funny you say that. But I was like, going back to what you're saying, I think um, a lot of times we take ownership about where we are. You know, when I don't feel good, it's usually dehydrated, not eating right, not working out, you know, mm. self-care. Soul care. You know, those two kind of go hand in hand. It's like, I like the word soul care. I've heard you use that since you've been back from your trips. Mm-hmm. You've used that word a lot. Like, what, can you explain to me what is soul care? Because you say it, and I know the general premise of it, but what does soul care, soul, soul care mean? Um, Man, I, I really, soul care is like, to me, personally, spending time with God, but just stopping, pausing, whether it being silent, like her covenants of silence. You know, sitting there just getting your mind, anxiety gone sometimes. You know, so care for me sometimes going outside splitting wood when I have anxiety. So, so. it's so it's care for yourself essentially. Yeah, yeah, inter- yeah, yeah, internally. And just, you know, sometimes just praying. Sometimes it's like putting a worship song on and just chilling out. Sometimes it's putting uh, a couple mags in AR and just going rattle them off real quick instead of mm. yelling, you know, at my wife. Or, so self-investment. Yeah. Could, could jujitsu be soul care? I, I think so. I think cause, you know it brings you joy. And some people doesn't bring joy. It brings <laughs> you joy to hurt people. You know to sit there and tap them up. But I think you know the soul care part too is like you know what has given me life in my heart wow. life. And because soul care, you know, we talk about you know comes to God and those things. And I think you know reading the Word, different things. And because what happens like we're Christians and we understand what God, who He is, and kind of reestablish that relationship and come in alignment. You know, and that's what I think a lot of some soul care does. Spiritual disciplines can be like fasting, reading, praying, worship, you know, anything, silence, solitude, and... Uh, so being intentional. Yeah, being very intentional, those things. And I think physically, but I think when you soul care can be physical, emotional, and spiritual, and different ways. And uh, I think you need to do all of them. You know, sometimes just journaling. Sometimes I journal just like it throws, you know, stuff out there. I think you're right. I think what happens is maybe... I woke up irritable, probably dehydrated, right? Um, not eating well is, is the truth right now. But I think you're hitting the nail on the head for me is I'm probably not being intentional of taking time to reinvest in myself. Like I challenge our listeners right now to stop for a second and say, or write down what would be their soul care? What is something that... they're that they can invest in themselves. It might be hunting. Like I know guys like, dude, they're, they turn into a-holes within a couple months and then they go turkey hunting, which I don't understand. I don't get it, but they come back. They're totally different dudes. They're like happy. They're relaxed. And I think it's, that's their soul care. Yeah. I think a lot of that has, you know, when you put aside technology and you get outside, cause uh, uh, John Eldridge a couple weeks ago when I was at the Good Soul event said that people in 2001 spent 90% uh, inside but when you get outside getting some sunshine you know getting god's creation see beautiful things you start to mm. feel better and like he even carries like a stick and a rock in his pocket to feel something real because everything we're around synthetic it's not real it's like you're wow. around fake people you're around fake stuff and wow. fake light and but get around real stuff and you feel better about yourself and dude I mean, that's deep right there that is very deep like the lights in our studio yep that's fake light yeah fake light Damn. You know how it feels, man. Have you ever been? The only thing that's real in this room is that beard. Yeah. <laughs> that's and gangster right now. If you go outside, you ever been in like a really cold creek where you got this cold and like. It wakes but, you up. But then you get out and look for some sunshine. Mm. And when you get in the sunshine, you feel, you feel it. 
you feel alive and uh man things, that's things like that you know so care can look so different for people like he talked about even taking a 20 minute bike ride or you know taking getting the sun you know here in the rain anything you can do like that just to get um and there and you sit there just get part of it but uh Man, I know, I know we're taking a long time in your grid coordinates here, but I think, you know, self-care, soul-care, you know, all that. But I think the soul-care, too, is like, you know, self-care we can just do physically. But I think beyond physical, I know a lot of people in really good physical shape, but emotionally and mentally, they're garbage. Mm. And uh, I think, you know, it's very holistic. All those things kind of play on each other. I agree. That's what, what we kind of do with sheepdog skills in the morning, right, is to grow people mentally, physically, and spiritually. You know, I think what happens, I was, there's a book, I think it's called uh, The Seal of God. And the guy that wrote the book talked about that. He said um, he felt like Naaman, you know, the story of Naaman in the Bible, right? Naaman was like this Syrian commander who was a savage. And everybody even said that, you know, uh, kings like to be in the presence of Naaman. That's how badass he was. Um, but, But the thing was that a lot of people didn't know that Naaman had leprosy underneath the armor. So a lot of men that you and I know, uh, even me, uh, before I've been kind of renewed, I was that. On the outside, everything looked perfect, but on the inside, I was rotting, right? Everything looked great. All my medals are on the chest. Look at everything that I've done. Look who I am. And reality, on the inside, it's just rotting away, right? So I think, you know, the soul care practice and, you know, physical, you know, the physical part, the emotional part, you know, that might be going to counseling, that might be, you know, sitting there, I think, I think doing yoga, I think, I think meditation on the right things. I think just being outside, you know, like covenants of silence and solitude, you know, turning your phone like this last retreat I went to, we could turn our phones in. So I didn't have a phone for five days and it was like glorious. I know. I do the same with man alive. I remember the first time they took the phone away. I was like, oh, I can't respond to business emails. I can't. My wife, my kids. You're not that important. Exactly right, dude. I'm not. That is the funny part. I'm not. The world kept rolling, didn't it? Just yeah, fine. it just kept rolling, rolling. But isn't that funny how your days went by faster and the anxiety went down because you didn't have this thing attached to you that you thought was so important? But, you know, and it's a good thing about soul care there. But there's so much. I mean, there's a, we need to do like a whole episode on that. What, soul care? Thing. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. what's cool is, is you know, the theme of our podcast is, is living out our vice, right? So a good example, if we're talking about telling people to do jujitsu or to live this type of life, well, if we're telling people that we need to do that, then we need to do it as well. Oh, yeah. You know? I haven't been to jits in months. I got a confession to make. My front teeth are cracked in half. Dude, that picture you sent out was hilarious. So if you guys don't know, Rob has beautiful chiclets, man. They are perfect teeth. and uh, They're fake teeth. Yeah, fake teeth. And, uh, dude, it's 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 awesome. And, uh, dude, they ended up falling out or something, didn't they? Yeah, or did they pull them out? I was on the back end of my trip to, uh, I'm from, they started getting loose when we come back from Israel. I was like, oh, Lord, you know. How did, so how did that feel with your teeth being loose? Like, it just wobbled? And he just kind of feels like it moves just a little bit. Dude, when you send me the picture, so if you guys don't know, like I said, uh, Rob with his fake teeth, he's got like a bridge in the front. It's probably four teeth maybe. And uh, dude, I'm driving and I get a text. Uh, I know I'm going to admit this, right? I looked at my text while I'm driving, right? I know. Don't judge me. And so I looked down and dude, it's Rob smiling with all of his front teeth. I almost wrecked the truck, dude. I was laughing so hard. Man, you got to be real. Got to be funny. So what's up, man? Let's let's get the first, let's jump right into it and see if we can bring some value. And then also, I'm going to challenge you to ask me some questions as well or give me advice. I want to see if I'm living out the advice that I'm trying to give or where I'm not. One of the, you know, like 
the things kind of this kind of been rolling my head for a couple weeks now. John Eldridge said, "Let your life exceed your teaching." And like I said, I was sitting at this Becoming Good Soul, and John Eldridge was a guy that wrote Wild at Heart and wrote up wrote several books, but you know, Beautiful Outlaws is probably my favorite one. But he said, "Let your life exceed your teaching." And uh, I was sitting there; it kind of hit me because. And I go to conferences, I listen to podcasts, I read books all the time. And so many people are teaching out of theory. They're not, they're not teaching lives they've lived. They're not teaching. And people are sitting there trying to talk about something they really don't know about. And a lot of times we see those people and we call them frauds or we call them, you know, they're, they're not quite there yet or we don't trust them. But it's like, you know, when your life, you know, and you see these people living the things you want to do, those are the people I'm attracted to that I want to wow. be around, you know, because yeah. they're doing what I want to do. And that was part of this whole conference I went to. There was like 48 guys that were between 50 and 70 that have lived life and came back really just to father and say, hey, this is, don't do this or do that. And just kind of, kind of love awesome fathers and, uh, you know, saying, hey, that this is not just about, you know, building your kingdom around you, you know, so, you know, what, you know, how are you really living your life? And I kind of keep going back to that because I think it's just a huge thing. I agree, man. I think, uh, you know, people, people doubt what you say, but they believe what you do. You know, it's kind of leadership by example, right? Oh, exactly. I was talking to uh, Pastor Mark Pegley the other day. He's one of our campus pastors here, New Life. And, I was talking about Sabbath because Sabbath's one of those hardest things taking a day off because American people don't take days off. No, we turn know? and burn, man, every day. Because it's work, you know, it makes us I'm proud. guilty of that. Yeah. And I was like, hey, do you take a, we were talking about, I was like, do you take a day off? And I was like, he's like, yeah, you just take about a half a day or, you know, whatever. I was like, no, I'm not talking about Sundays. You teach three services. And he's like, well, you know, kind of Monday's my day. And I'm like, what do you do for fun? And uh, he's like, well, I was like, I was like, what, well, what's fun for you? He's like, go and golf. And I was like, go golf and go do something that gives you life, you know? Yeah, that soul care kind of thing. And uh, he kept, he's like, I was like, he's like, I, he's like, I preach it and teach it. And I was like, yeah, I know you do, but I was like, you've got to model it because this the whole thing. If you don't model it, um, man, he, he, people will say, well, he didn't do this. And my kid, the same thing. I mean, I, I'm so bad about it. I'm like, hey, don't do this. And I'm, I'm the one doing it, you know? That's exactly right. Kids will always follow example, not the advice. Mm-hmm. I see that over and over. Even sometimes when I'm in the wrong, you know, I'll tell something, I'll, I'll say uh, something as simple as uh, taking a towel, right? I'll go in the shower, I'll jump out the shower and I just throw the towel on the ground and my wife will give me the stink eye and then I'll go over there and I'll grab it and I'll put it back up. Well, then guess what Logan does, right? Logan does the exact same thing, dude. So the kids will always follow, uh, that will follow your example, not your advice. So you can tell them all you want. But it's exactly what you do is the is what the model. I think um, we do that. You know, you know, giving or living your advice. And do you mean is your time in your life or somebody that was wasn't practicing what they preached that you really, you know, you really respected when you caught them like or you sit there and like, what are you doing? That's not you know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, there's been a couple examples uh, like that. Uh, one is. Uh, I'm going to give you an example of like a martial artist. I remember I was training with a guy named Big Bill Dean, the chainsaw. And um, Big, if, if, if his name, his nickname is Chainsaw, it's because he's tough, right? So he has Chainsaw Fitness in uh, Oceanside, California. And he's a dude, he's a stud. You can look him up. And uh, he was one of my first MMA coaches. And he used to teach at a place called World Academy of Martial Arts. And the guy who owned it, um, I don't even know his name, but they called him Sifu. And Sifu is like a, a word for like master, right? And so 
um, we went in there and uh, Big Bill Dean was kind of like one of his coaches before Big Bill Dean became somebody, became uh, established his own um, group of people, right? So I would go in there and I would train it a bit. I had so much respect for him because Big Bill Dean would tell us, he would say, um, hey, you're going to learn to fight. This is what you're going to do. And then he would fight us, right? He would lead. He was the ultimate leader by example, right? His actions always sp- uh, uh, spoke louder than his words, right? Because he, he would motivate us to get in there and fight, but then he would lead and fight us. And I always looked up to him and said, I want to be that guy. Well, contrary to that, the other guy who was a black belt, um, he had a big old belly and he would always talk about how tough he was, but he would never get in there and fight. He would never he would never jump in there with us. He would always make excuses like, oh, I got to leave or whatever. And I always thought about like, man, I would beat the crap out of that guy. But it's unknown. I mean, he might have been some ninja, but he never, ever took the action. So he would always give out of, hey, you're turning that leg over wrong. Hey, you need to rotate that punch harder. Hey, if you did this, you would be a better fighter. But he never once took the action. And so... For me, that stuck with me for years. I said, I'm always going to be the guy. If I'm going to tell you to do something, it's because I've already done it or I'm willing to do it today, right? So that's why I like sheepdogs because I'll fight the guys. And the reason why, are they going to beat me? Yes. Are there guys that could beat me? Yes. And I'm okay with that. Uh, but I know that I'm leading by example. If we're going to run and we're going to lift things, carry things, we're going to make, we're going to add some adversity. I'm going to do it by example as well. So I think that guy wasn't living out his advice. He was, uh, he was giving advice with no action. I mean, I think we see it pretty often um, just because people, I mean, that's the life now. People can, there's a lot of coaching, a lot of teaching, a lot of doing and um facebook's my my wife always says like that she challenges me all the time she's dude my wife's a gangster she says don't post anything on facebook you're not willing to live out yeah that's deep right yep so because i post if you follow me on facebook i'm always posting things uh motivational like um to inspire people and most of the time they're for me you know but my wife says don't don't give advice that you're not willing to take yourself i'm like dang that's good. Yeah. I follow, I mean, that's most things I do, you know, the application part too, because learning this stuff and um, how I'm going to apply it to my life. And sometimes I do it really well. And uh, sometimes I don't do it very well. What's that? Just, you know, like learning something, trying to, you know, let your life exceed your teaching. And because uh, I think when you really, really teach something, you have to really know it. Mm. And you know, the application part comes even, you know, a couple weeks ago when I went to all those things back to back. And my biggest thing was like, what, you know, take one nugget a day away you know one nugget that i can hold on to then go back and look at the stuff you know and try to but you know application was even in counseling they tell you this only try to change one thing a week because you notice somebody goes in the gym they quit eating start drinking water start working out you know they quit the next week so they try to change too many things that you know versus impact and just let go of sugar yeah you know the next week's drink more water the next week exercise you know like gradual you know i mean there's people that can do it and but, you know, they don't, the application part, you know, how do I do that? But one thing too, is like, you know, letting your life, um, if I'm the same, you know, I don't think you've seen this picture. It's like, I don't want to live the same life 75 years. You know, you know, if you're not different than you were last year, you know, you need to ask yourself some questions. And sometimes we have setbacks. Of course we do physically because stuff happens, you know, injuries and different things and mentally, spiritually, if you're the same person 
uh, you need to ask, you know, you know, years went by, what have I done? Yes. And it's not even like accomplished, but what have I, what have I become? Have I become a better man? Am I a better dad? Am I a better husband? You know, I read something in a book that kind of um, blew my mind. He said, uh, this CEO was talking to one of his top executives and he said, you're fired. And the executive said, I can't believe you're firing me. He said, I've worked for you for 20 years. And he says, have you? He said, yeah, I've dedicated my life to work for you for 20 years. And you're going to fire me? He said, have you worked for me for 20 years? Or have you worked for me for one year and repeated it 20 times? Yep. And that blew my mind. I said, dang. So what he did is he just, he was on repeat cycle. Some of us, I think some of our listeners might be doing the same. You know, I know I was. I I, I know there was a, probably about a three-year period that it was just, I was just going through the same cycle. There was nothing different. There was just, boom, like I'd, I would go to bed. I'd wake up, do the same job. And I was working patrol at the time. And I tell you, that was one of the worst parts of my life versus now every day I'm seeking for new knowledge. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, too, one of the things we see a lot of men, I think we're both around guys like this, is like the reason they don't change because they don't want to look bad in doing something. Dude, and that can be working out. It's hey, pride. Where does that come from? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That I don't want to look bad. Do you know when you, when a knife gets forged, it has to get melted. It has to change its properties. I don't get that. I don't know where in my life I had that epiphany. I don't give a damn about looking bad. But um, I'm just, why is that? It just I mean I think it's just part of we don't we know this pride and sit there and laugh at. And sometimes you know there's some wounds in that. The people in the back it's like you know something happened. I, don't, I never want to get laughed at again. So I'm never going to try anything new, whatever. But I think about wow. You guys at our last Man Alive expedition, Ryan that introduced uh, some guys to stand up boxing. And I actually felt better about myself because I've seen some guys that were worse than I <laughs> didn't have as good cardio. That, but, you know, like what was cool is like he initiated these guys that sometime had probably had never gotten punched in the face and had never punched anybody in the face. But they got to um, do that, which was really cool to see these guys some initiated in that way, because it's not just all about fighting, it's but it's all, all about, you know, just kind of like getting in the, in the ring, you know, you, you talk about Teddy Roosevelt, you know, in the arena, the man in the arena, just, you know, taking that first step of like, Hey, I'm going to try something I'm not good at. And I know Ryan could put me down in a second, but he let a lot of these guys, you know, just kind of initiate him, let them just learn a little bit. And it was fun watching him and Bo do this and uh, to see something, some guys do something they'd never done before. And too, like, you know, same thing we talked about our last podcast a little bit is about he had the strength and power to sit there, one punch, knock him, you know, be down, sit there, one, two, or, you know, sitting there, just those things and to just to take that. But he had the uh, the strength and, you know, just to, to hold back. He didn't have to do that. He wanted to let them learn and wanted to let us show them, hey, I don't have to sit there and put you down, but here's a chance for you to learn and do this. And, well, what I, I, I talk about this all the time is that, I mean, I tell the listeners too, is find a place to go train, find somebody to be your grindstone. You know, if Rob and I are going to go out and train and I have ill will against Rob and Rob had ill will against me or ego and we start to train, dude, it's like sword fighting, man. Your sword's going to get chipped and dulled and cracked. But if I can lose and let Rob win, then I become Rob's grindstone, right? So then you're sharpening your sword on me, which is adversity. And then I can sharpen my sword on you, which is adversity uh, and struggle. And what happens is now with those sharp swords have been on the grindstone, we could take them to battle outside of our 
tribe or relationship. You see what I'm saying? And I think uh, a lot of men don't understand that. You know, one thing that was really cool about that fight is uh, there were a couple guys that were bullied their whole life. Yeah. And what happens is, dude, we gave them a win. Now, listen to this, Rob. If we give them that win, then they can get a win against pornography. They can get a win against drugs. They can get a win against anger or irritability, right? So they can they can still, the same fight that they do against flesh is the same fight that they can have. They say that the battle happens in your mind way before it happens with your fists. So we're giving them that intellectual win, you know what I mean? Yeah, I saw so many guys that, I guess, you know, I had more fun watching, just sitting there, sitting back and watching yeah. guys that... I was like praying to God, hope they don't stroke out, you know, because <laughs> people don't realize you put a set of gloves on just for like three minutes. It is like, it is the, they forget to breathe. Yeah. Cognitively, you know, they get, they get zapped cognitively. Oh, and adrenaline they, dump. It's like, you know, and there's some fear because you got Thanos looking across at you saying, hit me. Yeah. Come on. Man. <laughs> sitting there. Come on now. Don't be scared. And, uh, but you know, those things, but you know, but I was like so proud of all those come guys, on. you know, just, you know, that got in the ring. And did that, but uh, but that's leadership by example, right? That's leadership by example. Don't tell them, demonstrate. Hey, this is the same thing. I mean, our listeners, if you're you're a leader, our listeners are leaders, and you're leading somebody. And what happens is, you know, live out the advice that you're giving. Don't tell somebody, demonstrate it. You know, a boss, what a boss will do is say, "Go do that." A good leader, if you sit back, you know, for our listeners, think about somebody that inspired you back in the day, one of your, a leader that you remember. That's the guy that said, follow me, I'm going to show you how to do this. You know, I remember um, working patrol and one of our um, uh, chiefs of police, he would come and work patrol. And I remember that vividly. I remember in the Marine Corps who a guy would say, I want you to be like this. And he would carry out that. Um, uh, that request, you know, his name was Matthew Hoffman. And so I just, I don't know, for our listeners, maybe it's with your kids, maybe it's with your coworkers or your wife, you know, let's live out that advice that we're giving other people. I think that's just good, solid leadership. Uh, you you yeah. know, last thing I'd say this to Rob is that your life is a message oh, yeah. and what are you sending out? Exactly. That's, uh, I was thinking about, there's a passage, uh, Pastor Darren DeLon, he's a uh, Conway at New Life. He's like the, ex- I think he's executive. He's a good dude. He's uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world, but um, I call him, he's a mentor really in my life. And I was asking him about just, you know, how he does some stuff and about mentoring and we were kind of talking about, he gave me this passage and this is First Timothy, I'm going to read this chapter four. Starts out of verse 11, says, get the word out, teach all these things and don't let anyone put you down because you're young. Teach believers with your life. So remember that. Teach believers with your life by word, by demeanor, by love, by faith, by integrity. Stay at your post, reading scripture and giving counsel, teaching, and that special gift of ministry you were given when the leaders of church laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that dusted off and in use. Cultivate these things. Immerse yourself in them. The people will all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted. Just keep at it. Both you and those who hear you will experience salvation. Boom. I mean, that part right there is that, you know, teach believers with your life. And that's where, you know, your life is what is speaking. You, you talked about modeling an example. You know, there are different versions about whatever you want to read there. But you have to model your life. And those things like our kids are watching, our friends are watching, um, different people. Man, and I fail often. Me too. And what, what I've realized, though, 
when there's humility and failure. And uh, even today, I got to one of our brothers. I had to apologize for the way I treated him because I was upset with him about some stuff that happened. And some parts was right for me and some parts was right for him. But there was, when you take the lower seat and say, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't handle this the right way. My life is always a lot better, especially with my wife. You know, yeah. that's probably one of the hardest things. My pride don't want me to do that. And then with my kids, too, I, to say I'm sorry because I don't always handle things the right way, you know, and uh, trying to teach them those things in their life that they need to do. I think, you know, what's really crazy when you're talking about it, I think I do really well leading by example with um, uh, other men or warriors. Like on the range, I'll shoot before everybody else. I'll say, hey, I'm going to teach you today. This is what it looks like. Okay, now go ahead and do that, right? Or I'll say, hey, today we're going to fight, uh, and I'll jump in there and fight. You know where I fail, I think, is in my home. I think there's just certain things like, you know, the way that I might talk, you know, the way I might use a certain tone. You know, I'll get on to Logan in a certain fashion in a hard, stern way, but I want him to talk in a nice, nice, you know, respectful way. So, man, I'm just telling you, I think I got a lot of growth that I need to do when it comes to, you know, living out my advice, especially in the home. Yeah, I mean, you know, those kids, man, they're watching, dude. They don't need your advice. They need your example. And even going more than that, I think, uh, like Logan, you know, your, your sons, your kids, and, and learning how to say, you know, you're sorry, I didn't handle it the right way, or, or I'm not, I didn't do that the right way. Is And this is one of those things we're modeled. Me and Ryan were not modeled very the right way <laughs> no we're still i mean i mean that's the truth and that's that's not an excuse though that is not an excuse to sit that's there that's right and uh is like you know how can i do better how can i be better than my parents you know did not model it the right way did not you know show love or show grace or show mercy you know show those things that man it can only be shown by the way we live our life and uh i think that's a, a huge deal um about about how we do things. Do you think it's, uh, you know what I would challenge people, and, and this is for myself too, is man the hell up and go on the quest for journey to be a better man. You know, and I'm saying that to myself, but I'm also saying it to our listeners. Man the hell up and go out there, seek out the knowledge, the mentorship to become a better man, a better friend, a better husband, a better father, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, because. You yeah. can make an excuse. Um, I was talking about earlier, too, about, um, you know, the plank and speck. You know, we know that parable. I mean, if you guys don't know, there's like, hey, get the old plank out of your eye before you get the speck out of your eyes. Like, we're sitting there trying to correct somebody. And I'm probably my marriage is the worst one. I'm like, tell my wife what she's doing wrong. You know, all 12 things. And I got like, you know, a plank, you guys think of, I always think of, I got like a freaking log. You know, <laughs> I get them out of my eye. My wife's got like a speck of sawdust. You're you know? telling her to get it out of her eye. Yeah, you know, sitting there trying to fix, you know, her and man, I'm going to quit trying to do that and like focus on, Hey, get the log out of your eye first, you know, and try to get myself right and try to love myself, you know, so, you know, then do that out of love. You know, I want to help you not mm-hmm. sit there and like judge because, you know, my man, I judgmental self-righteous side comes out so much towards her probably more than anybody else. You know, I tell police officers are hard to teach, bro, especially old salty police officers are setting their ways And one thing that I've been telling them lately is I say that you need to stop looking through the microscope at others and you need to turn it into a telescope and look at yourself. Because what happens is you can sit in a critical environment. You can sit from a critical eye. You will always find negative. If you seek out the positive, you will find positive. You know, the positive. 
I tell them all the time because literally I can have a police officer come into the best class of their life. I can teach the same class in the civilian sector and people pay money for it. They pay great money for it. They learn things and the critiques at the end are like, man, this was life change. It was awesome. This was humble. This was a phenomenal class. I learned so much. I feel safer. And then I go teach the same exact material and I don't like how hot it is. I don't like that light. I don't like your face. I don't like the PowerPoint that, that, you know, and what it is, what I found is it's not me. What it is, it's the critical eye of the, the person looking. Instead of they take uh, what I've seen is, is they look at everything through a microscope of others and they never have the time to turn and search within themselves. So now, I mean, I've really learned from that is to sit back and say, okay, this situation, what can I to turn around and find the journey within myself to fix versus looking at other people? And you think about it, you're doing other people's projects. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when, when do you stop and fix your own project? Yeah, I mean, that's where, I mean, with that too, like, you know, just the humility in that part too is like, you know, you don't get a lot of people that are teachable in some aspects of your work. Cause they're, no, they think I have to know. prove them. Let me tell you the quickest way to fix somebody is punch them. Or, or like one of the biggest things, a big joke where I work is like, if I had a Glock, right. Is it, cause what happens? We, we all have to shoot with a certain firearm. And so, I mean, it's a great firearm. I mean, if you know the fundamentals of marksmanship, I'll shoot you with a slingshot. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you understand the fundamentals, you're the warrior. Everything I give you is a tool, right? So warriors understand that no matter what it is, give me some time and I'll be able to put it on target. But people start to make excuses for their own inadequacies. And so they say, well, if I had a Glock, if I had a Glock, if I had a Glock, right? Making excuses. Do you ever give them a Glock and say, no, that's what I want to. I want to be able, that's the thing is I want to walk up and say like, okay, bro, here's your Glock. Okay. Yep. The common denominators, you, you still suck. Right. Or, you know, one of, one of the biggest things we like to do is that they'll shoot. Right. And they'll be like, yeah, the gun's off. And then I'll, we'll take the gun and we'll shoot and shoot the bullseye and give it back to them and just slowly walk away, break the wrist and walk away. That's that's uh, probably not nice. Is that not nice? And I mean, there's like, I don't know. It's like, it's your, your teaching. Uh, what's your, I guess it's your. It's called humility. Language. It's right. An injection. Yeah. It's like a flashbang of humility. Ron is giving humility out in handfuls. <laughs> Here's a quote, you know, this is another quote I came from my big uh, good soul intensives. Like nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Mm. And, uh, you know, sitting there in that part of that, you know, like a lot of times when you learn, I guess a lot of times you get these places in jobs, it might be for collegians, you might get a PhD. So they call you a doctor, you know, and, your world, you know, you hit special agent, whatever, GS level 10, 12, whatever, you know. So you're special. Allegedly. Yeah. But you know, all these things, yeah. you, know, you get to these different places and, you know, you're, you should be, you know, whatever you should know. You should know so much. But, you know, as a life, you know, you're leading up to par of your education or what you should know or how you, you know, all those things. Are they, are they, are they aligned together? Yeah. I don't think so. I think what happens is we write on the title versus writing on the knowledge, right? Uh, capability, right? So we write on a title versus the capability of the title. You let things erode and like water rushes out and pushes dirt away. If you're not refilling or backfilling that dirt, the water will continue to rush away. Soon you'll have nothing, right? I think that's exactly what I see 
and also myself, you know, physical aspect. You know, sometimes I'll get real comfortable with technique and I'll spend time on the mat and I roll a lot. Um, and then what happens is my technique, I start to um, compensate on my technique and lack on the physical skill, right? And so that <laughs> black belt comes up and he goes, I was joking around with me. He said, uh, I think it was my black belt. It might have been another brown belt. Walks up and he said, hey, bro, you know, when people start to get higher rank, you know, they start to get bellies, right? And I was like, what, <laughs> what are you saying? So essentially, you know, uh, I'm lacking. I'm letting the title or technique take away from, you know, um, you know, the physical capabilities. So I need to put more work on the pavement, running and lifting weights. Yeah, I mean, you know, like to keep going back to let your life exceed your teaching is, um, I really like think going back to being a lifelong student and being a lifelong That's student, good. being his taking humility. It's like, I don't know everything. I can always learn. You know, I can always find people smarter than me. I can always, you know, there's, there's never, I guess there's never an arrival place. And so many people don't get that. They think, you know, and that's what I meet people all the time. that's graduated college, even high school. It's like, I've never read a book since I graduated high school. And I'm like, I was like, not even for work or you know, not, it's yeah, like, it blows my mind. Like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I'll, and I'll be the jerk. This is what I did. I was like, I read 41 books last year. Yeah. Because uh, you want to project strength on them. You want to project strength on them. I'm going to throw books at them. Like, Yo, what's up? Throw like, a book. <laughs> West Side, like, like a drive-by booking. I'm like just <laughs> drive by and just throw a book at their face. Yeah. Boom. Everyone will send you an email, Audible, a free book on audio so you can listen to it. Yeah, dude. But, you know, those things too, it's not even that. It's like, you know, you can read all the books in the world, but if but you don't know the application. That's exactly right. Yeah, as soon as you started to say that, that's why I started to jump in and try to close out that sentence because I know where you're going with that. You can have all the knowledge in the world if you don't know how to apply it or you don't apply it. Hey, because, you know, you can obtain knowledge and it might be easy, right? But the application takes effort. Man. It's just uh, even part of that, you know, the application part too is like, you know, that one scripture said cultivate. And, you know, I think about um, part of the thing that they had to plant a tree for my thing too. And, and like, funny thing was like we had a house remodel last year and somehow missing multiple shovels rakes you know sharpshooters you know you know every i guess some crews you know they needed it more than i did <laughs> at least my tractor's still there so you know show I, up you're missing rakes the tires are off your yeah, car like yeah. so like, you know whatever what you are know. you living in west la yeah I guess I'm not shooting enough out there, you know. So what happens is I go have to buy a shovel too, plus the tree, and feel like an idiot because I'm buying a shovel, you know. And I'm digging this stuff up, man. And you know, I was like, I don't. But the ground, I was like, I got to find a good place where the ground, you know, cultivate. I sit there and to water it and plant the tree. And and I was like, man, the tree's like really flimsy. I better get something tied off too, so it don't get blown over. And, uh, you know, all those things, you know, is like our, the way we learn the way in the stuff, our life is that way. Cause it's not just plant the tree and leave it alone. Wow. It's not, you know, in, in Jesus, there's several parables about, you know, growing good soil, all those things that we hear about, but it's, it's a lifelong thing about cultivating ourselves, you know, constantly hmm. when reading stuff. It's like the same thing, you know, you're not, you're not arrived and, um, in our life, you know, our lives really show that there's, 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 there's times that, uh, when uh, we get uh, in a place where, you know, you can call it about forged, you know, forged by fire, but we get in a place where we're tested and we see what we're really made of with either work or school or, um, you know, it might be counseling, it might be on the rent, you know, you have to 
prove yourself. And if you've not been cultivating that things, you got guys, I'm sure you got policemen that, you know, like, dude, how have you been a cop for 20 years and you still can't shoot a silhouette, you know, 10 yards in front, you know, you're having, that happens, man. I know it does. Exactly. You know, cause they've gotten, they're not cultivated, mm. you know, and sit there, they've not sit there in themselves. And, um, and there's other ways too, man. I, I meet people all the time that don't, and I don't understand. And sometimes it's because they hate their jobs. They don't want to learn, but I'm like, what are you doing? You know, to cultivate yourself, to be better, to do more, to learn. Wow. You're hundred percent right. I think, um, we get comfortable. People get comfortable where they are. And I think then we start telling ourselves lies that we don't. It's almost <laughs> like when you get out of the shower, right? No matter how fat you are, you can always find Atlas, right? <laughs> you suck at it. <laughs> you flex it yeah. up, right? Um, reality. In the light. So yeah. Yeah. That's it. And we get, um, we lie to ourselves. So what I think, you know, with this podcast, which is really good for our, our listeners is, man, it's okay to jack up. It's okay to make mistakes, man. We do all the time, man. When Rob was talking about wins and losses, I'm not somebody perfect. You know, I might not be qualified to give anybody advice, but what I tell you and what I tell Rob is that I try to live out the advice that I'm doing, right? Um, try to model things, right? Let let my life exceed my, my, uh, my teachings, right? Kind of leave them by example. I'm telling you, you're going to make our listeners, if they listen to this podcast, uh, and they apply what's being said, they're going to make more of an impact on people than if they're just telling people, right? Oh, yeah. Pe- people, Trip says, Trip's one of my business partners. His name's Trip Leach. We, we both love that guy, man. He's phenomenal. And uh, uh, he says, people rarely remember what you say, but they will always remember how do you make them feel. And that's through actions, right? So that's living it out. Um, man, this this was a great podcast, man. And one of the things I'm gonna be really, really quick. Um, one of the things I always search out, I search out for sages, older men to learn from. Because they've been there. Because they've, yeah, they've been there, done that. But this is what I'm finding in the baby boomer that that spread is there's like they're about as shallow as they get. Oh yeah, for sure. They look very well financially off. They've done well. You know, they have a nice house, a retirement. We got a lot of toys, but I ask them how to be a good dad. I ask them, give me, give me some advice about how to be a good husband, man. And you know, it's like a can answer, you know, like, uh, you know, well, dude, let me tell you this, right. Um, what I find with my generation, our generation and the younger generation is that we will project how successful we are, but the suicide rate is the highest it's been. So what happens, that tells me that there's a subsurface lie that is pushing up this or bubbling up this false pretense that ever I'm so oh, yeah. I'm so good. Look at my Mercedes. Yeah. Well, you're also one hundred thousand dollars in debt. You're angry and irritable on the inside. Oh, yeah. Right. And so exactly what you said, man, is that, you know, we're a lot of men are shallow and uh I mean, so I, even the older ones, I don't know why, you know, so I'm saying like find those ones because I want to know, I mean, I really want to know how can I be a better dad? Tell me one thing. And also I was, I was like, tell me one thing, how to be a better dad today, a better husband. And I was like, a lot of us are the fatherless generation. And that's just because I'm, I'm still, I'm searching for those things. And, you know, sometimes they'll say good stuff. And just like you said, man, there's, there's a false self and a true self. And, you know, the false self, you know, there's a poser, you know, I'm bad, I'm unlovable, all those things that you believe about yourself that's not true. You know, you focus on stuff and it's like, you know, the true self is like, you know, 
seeing what God, who God really made you to be and That's living, right. living that out. And I just want to know like one thing, man, a lot of times. I think what happens, you, you have to seek out somebody who's authentic. We talked mm-hmm. about that before. You know, that's what makes good friendships. That's what makes a sage. A sage is somebody who is authentic and has lived the ups and downs of life and willing to just share the bumps, the bones and the, you know, yeah. and the bronze, the, the gold of what life, what he obtained. Here's one. Here's a kind of just to show you guys kind of this, what I'm talking about. Me and Ryan went to the Man Alive Expedition in April. I guess it was April. There was 108 men there. That's right. And out of the 108 men, it's all ages. You got to be at least 18 years old. There was three in that age category. Three. They had to offer. And I think, man, where of all, you know, and that's the thing about too is like, that I mean, that's the way they've been raised. You know, the baby boomers, you know, just to search those things. But it's like, how can we kind of change that, you know, and live that out? And that's one thing we always talk about, me and Ron talk about, you know, having somebody above you and below you and beside you. When you're running, you know, have, you know, those things because you got to get poured into, you got to sit there, you know, partner with the people next to you and you got to pull the ones up in the bottom up, you know, to help them. Man, that's good right there. And he needs uh, to go on a shirt. Dude, I'm serious. Yeah. That's really good advice. Because, the, you know, that's what makes your life better. And, it's, you know, what happens is there's uh, insufficiencies in those because I feel like it's easy to find plenty to pull up because there's so many this unfathered. I mean, we're like the orphanless right. generation. That's right. And the ones we run with, we have a lot of good guys that are at the same place we're at in life. But the ones above us that I had a great one today, my, you know, I ate lunch with my pastor pretty, pretty often and a couple other guys, but you know, man, I've had to seek them out. I'm mad at like, you know, yeah, I, I interview them, man. I'm yeah. like, you know, what do you, you know? Yeah. Tell me, tell me your, tell me when you've been arrested. Yeah. Have you suffered? You know, yeah. have you though, you know, are you a good dad? And, uh, and that's one of the reasons actually pastor Mark's my pastor. Cause I know the way he loves his kids. I watched him from a distance do some stuff that I was like, man, cause he lived out by example, kind of what we've been talking about the whole time. That's why you watched him and it's not what he said. It's what he did. Right. Yep. And it's like, you know, pastor Darren's another one, you know, really recently for me, he, uh, we went to Israel with new life church and he's kind of the guys over the trip, but he was over the pastors, which is a rough enough job as it is. And then he had his wife there too, to help out a little bit. And, um, but his mother-in-law was there too. And I was like, man, I don't love my mother-in-law that much, you know, to take her to, you know, to sit there, Israel and Tucker. But he loved her, honored her. And it showed me, I said, man, I want to be that kind of man. Boom. You know, sit there, he modeled it, you know, but I was like, there's guys like that and I find them, but I was like, I know I have to look. And that's what I challenge you guys, especially, you know, you're around our age, you know, thirties, forties, whatever, man, look for older men that you can ask the hard questions to the ones, you know, it's like, Hey, how are you doing this? Or how that, you know, and if you got a dad, you can ask, man, that is huge. You know, that's a huge thing. I mean, Ron really don't have that in our lives, but having those men, you know, that sit there, been there, done that, it's just a huge thing. And don't take it for granted. Um, cause it's a, they're, they're few and far between. That's right. That's good, man, man. I think, um, all the stuff that we talked about today is phenomenal. Um, it's nice to be back, Rob. I feel like we haven't been podcasting very much. Um, I know I got to bounce. I'm probably got another flight that I'm going to be making uh, in a, in another month. And so, um, but man, I, I I think we try to keep it consistent. And um, I said at last podcast is uh, man, we love our listeners. And um, 
man, reach out to us. If, if you know, uh, you know, Rob Heffley on Facebook and Ryan Stevens on Facebook, you guys can always message us. Uh, I love hearing the things that you guys have to say and, and little, I love when people take quotes of the podcast. I don't know if you, have you got those where people take quotes and they'll quote something that was out of the podcast that meant the most to them. Uh, and they ended up sending it back to us. And so, man, that's really cool. Like I said, we just, we're trying to pour value into people and share our life lessons, things we've learned. I think Rob, between the books and I, you and I consume, man, we read more books than the average person. And we get to see things that probably the average person doesn't get to see. So uh, our job is just to bring value to you guys, man. And uh, man, Rob, thanks for another podcast. Hey, this time, how about you bring us out, dude? Well, you know, I sit there and go, I guess I can do that. But, you know, one thing again, guys, remember, remember, let your life exceed your teaching. I mean, not just live that way. And, uh, you know, sit there and don't, uh, you know, sit there and just live live your life. You sit there, just don't be afraid to live it out and to, to chase mentors, to find people in your life and to learn. And don't be scared to do things you're not good at. And the one thing I can, I want to challenge you guys this. I'm, we're doing a man alive expedition in Texas in the fall. Um, like I said, I've been to seven or eight of them. Ryan's been to quite a few of them. I'm going down there to serve. I would love to have some of you guys down there. Um, we've had several come. Last time I had eight friends come to this one, a couple from Pennsylvania and Tennessee and um, to that because I really feel like being around like-minded men and being challenged to be better, there's nothing like that um, to be better. And that's one of the things to do that in Texas in the fall. It's manaliveexpedition.com. And also, if you're around Conway, Sheepdog Skills, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 a.m., either at Refined CrossFit or UCA. Ryan will post about that. But Sheepdog Skills, you know, you can be around some good guys. But get around some good men. Get challenged. You know, sit there. That, that's what, and find people to challenge you to make you better. You know, it says let your life, you know, exceed your teaching. If you're not learning, you can't teach. If you're not being challenged, you can't teach. You know, your life is, you know, some of you are not living life. And like I talked about earlier, quit being passive and get out there and do it. But you guys have a great week, man. And I just want to take us out right now. Rob Heffley, out. <laughs>